honor and welcome to Christ Redeemer Church. Love and sister in the way. Don't hesitate to ask. Um, we're gonna this morning gonna continue our study um, on this Lord's Day um, in the book of Genesis. And if you have a copy of God's Word, Genesis chapter 29, starting at verse 31. We're gonna end at Genesis 30, 24. So again in Genesis chapter 29. Starting at verse 31. And we have been learning about Jacob and Isaac, Laban, Rachel, Leah. And now we're going to hear more about this story, about what's happening. And it's going to point us to Jesus and what Christ has done, how he's been, uh, how he was put to death and raised back up. We're going to be able to see a lot of it here in this text here this morning. Let me read it before us. Genesis chapter 29. Starting at verse 31. When the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, because the Lord has looked upon my affliction, for now my husband will love me. She conceived again and bore a son. And said, because the Lord has heard that I am hated, he has given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. And again, she conceived and bore a son and said, now this time my husband will be attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore, his name was called Levi. And she conceived and again bore a son and said, this time I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Judah. Then she ceased bearing. Look in chapter 30, verse 1. When Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, she envied her sister. She said to Jacob, give me children or I shall die. Jacob's angry, anger was kindled against Rachel. He said, am I in the place of God? Who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? Then she said, here is my servant, Bilhah, go into her, so that she may give birth on my behalf, that even I may have children through her. So she gave him for a servant, Bilhah, as a wife. And Jacob went into her, and Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob a son. Then Rachel said, God has judged me and has also heard my voice and given me a son. Therefore she called his name Dan. Rachel, servant Bilhah, conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Then Rachel said, with mighty wrestling, I have wrestled with my sister and have prevailed. So she called his name Nephtali. When Leah saw that she had ceased bearing children, she took her son, servant Zippah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Then Leah, servant Zippah, bore Jacob a son. And Leah said, Good fortune has come. So she called his name Gad. Leah's servant, Zippah, bore Jacob a second son. And Leah said, Happy am I, for women have called me happy. So she called his name Asher. In the days of wheat harvest, Reuben went and found mandrakes in the field and brought them to his mother, Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, Please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But she said, to her, is it a small matter that you have taken away my husband? Would you have take 
the way my son's mandrakes is also. Kids' mandrakes are, are talkies, okay? Rachel said, then he may lie with you tonight in a chain for your son mandrake. When Jacob came from the field in the evening, Leah went out to meet him and said, you must come into me, for I have hired you with my son Mandrake. So he laid with her that night, and God listened to Leah, and she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. And Leah said, God has given me my wages because I have gave my servant to my husband, so shall. So she called his name Issachar. And Leah conceived again, and she bore Jacob a sixth son. Then Leah said, God has endowed me with a good endowment. Now my husband will honor me because I have borne him six sons. So shall, so she called his name Zebulon after she bore his daughter and called her name Dinah. Then God remembered Rachel and God listened to her and opened her womb and she conceived and she bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph, saying, my Lord, may the Lord add to me another son. And you guys may be like, what in the world is name talking about? Like, what is going on? If you're asking those questions, you're not alone right now. So let me pray for us right now, and let's walk through these verses together here this morning. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you, Lord, for bringing us back on this Lord's Day as we celebrate you, Lord. This is the day, Lord, that we come together as your people, Lord, to talk about your glory, Lord. We don't make this worship about us, Lord. We make it about your glory, Lord, and how, Lord, your, Lord, you deserve all the honor, the power, and the glory. So, Lord, we ask you, Lord, to bless us at this time. God, me, Lord, as I preach your word, let me preach it faithfully. Give me all the things that is needed, Lord, to communicate your word uh, properly. So help me, Lord, even at this time, Lord. Bless us with your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Today we live in a society that social media has blew up, right? And social media is not a bad thing overall. But one thing about social media, by it blowing up, a lot of us start to have identity issues. A lot of us start posting pictures on Facebook for people to like our pictures. We want to be exalted by others. We want people to notice us. We don't want to be regular. We want to be the one that is seen by the world. For a prime example, a prophet, I mean, a, a, not a prophet, totally from a prophet, but a poet, a poet named Bankroll Freddie. He said in his, one of his lyrics, I just caught that new vet. Another poet, I think Jakara know him. His name was Young Dolph. He said, wait, I got fours on my Mercedes. And so we can keep going with different lyrics of different artists or different celebrities boasting about what they have. Why do people boast about what they have? Why do people want to share with other people what they have? Because of the identity that they're looking for. Why do we do it? Why do we do certain things? The one, the, the main reason we see in the suicidal rate within so many millionaires is because of identity issues. They made it to the peak of their career and they're still not satisfied. They made all the money in the world 
but it still didn't satisfy them. They had the best cars in the world, the fattest crib in this world, and it still didn't satisfy them. And for us too, family, those things that you are desiring to have, that job that pays a lot of money, those things that will get what God is, you can get all those things, and those things will never satisfy you. Those likes on social media, on the ground, is that ground? On the ground. I don't know if they still use that. Those likes and shares that you're looking for, it will always be someone that get more shares than you. It's always going to be someone that get more attention to you. You have to continue searching for, searching for, searching for it. Why? Because this world cannot give us true hope. True hope cannot be found in things of this world. The reason why many of us struggle with identity issues because we look to be pleased by others. So I pray that this message today, if that's something you're struggling with, I know for myself, I deal with it. If you are included in this, if you want to be able to see the world to give you recognition, if you're looking for identity in the world, I pray this message today be encouraging to you. I ran across an article from Trillia Nobel. She said this right here. As a Christian, I pray that this right here drilled in us today. That we, but we, but we, that we embrace this right here. She said this. I am in Christ. Listen to this. I am in Christ. I am in Christ. I am in Christ. And then she goes on to say, I think of the Ephesians, particularly the first few chapters. There I discovered that I am a new creation. I am in Christ Jesus born again, chosen for the foundation of this world, which is absolutely ridiculous, right? I can understand this. Who am I that he would think I am um, his soulmate? Someone her husband. He created the heavens, but he thinks of me. I must remind myself who I am in Christ Jesus, that I've been chosen, I've been adopted, I am an heir in Christ, that I am covered by his blood. In other words, I remind myself of the gospel. For as believers today, if you have bought into this identity, right, from the world that you want to be seen, you want to be pat on the back, you want to be praised by others, you don't want to let family down, you want them to see the greatness in you, I would say that you have bought into that lie. You have all that it is in Christ. What you have in Christ, nothing in this world can compare to. You've been loved by the God of creation, the one that said, let there be, and look around, the world came to be. Amen. The God that told the water not to go any farther. The God can count the grain of sand. The God has sent his only son, Jesus, to die for us. That same God, God has united us with in Christ. We have him. We have him. We have all that it is that it gives to us in him. So I pray this message to us this morning be encouraging if you're struggling with this in singleness and in marriage. If you're struggling for identity from your spouse, if you're struggling right now in singleness, and you're looking for places to meet those needs for you to be able to see that you're not lonely. You want to boast to everybody else. You want to boast that your marriage is fine. For you and that they're sitting here, that or just me for me standing up here. If that's you are looking for the world to pat you, 
I hope that you see you have it already in Christ. You don't have to have that perfect marriage or that perfect singleness, whatever the case may be. You have it all in Christ. How are we going to do it this morning? We're going to do it in five points this morning. It's going to be quite short message. We're going to see Leah wanted to please her ungrateful husband. We're going to see how Rachel as well, she's going to be envy, um, envy Leah. We're going to see also in point three, Leah, um, um, Leah uh, through the season of bearing children, we're going to give Zippah to Jacob in point four. Rachel is going to give Leah to Jacob again for the mandrakes. And point five is going to be how God is remembering Rachel and she's going to conceive Joseph. And I fucking taught it this, I would say Rachel and Leah are looking for identity. They're looking for identity. So if you think about this is just today in 21st century, family, this has been going on for a long time. Mankind wants identity outside of God. So look at point number one. Leah wanted to please her ungrateful husband. We learned that Leah was, was, wasn't Jacob's first choice in marriage. It was actually Rachel. He loved Rachel. We learned in verse 30 in chapter 29. So Jacob went to Rachel also, and he loved Rachel more than he lived and served Laban for another seven years. The Lord doesn't like when people look down on the press. They look down on Leah. Look at verse 31. When the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Since Leah was treated harshly, the Lord grace shined upon her. Leah nor Rachel could control if they were barren, but the Lord allowed Rachel to be barren, but now he's allowing Leah to have children. And what happened? The Lord opened Leah's womb. Leah, you remember that Leah was the one that had her eye had a lower, her eye was, she had a heart of sin. She was considered like not as attractive. But it's amazing in our test though it said how right here that the Lord saw her. How the, the Lord saw Leah. Even though Leah's eyesight might not be might be limited, the eyesight of the Lord is not limited. So the Lord saw what was happening to Leah. And the Lord shined upon Leah. And Leah was mistreated. In the midst of this, she was mistreated by her own father, Laban, right? Laban, her own father, mistreated her. But not only her father, but also her husband mistreated her. And now also her sister. But what did the Lord do? The Lord exalts her. The Lord exalts her. And God's eyes are different from how people see other people. The husband, the father... They saw her not as attractive, so they didn't, they didn't celebrate her. They didn't encourage her. But we see right here that the Lord encourages those the ones the world doesn't encourage. Family, that's us this morning. The Lord does it for us. The, the Lord exalts the broken. He exalts those that are in need of a Savior. Those that are know that they're not perfect. He's the, those are the one that the Lord exalts. So Leah is the one that was lowly. But Leah reminds us of something, don't she? It was somebody else that was lowly. That so many people kind of looked upon, they frowned upon, and they, 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 they belittled and berated him. It was Jesus. 
Leah points us to Jesus, who also people didn't want to be around. He was considered lowly. But at the same time, how Leah was blessed and exalted by the Father, Jesus was blessed and exalted by the Father as well. So family, it's okay not to be accepted in this world. It's okay not to be all the things that the world considered as glorious things. It's okay not to have those things, right? It's okay. Remember your acceptance is in Christ and it's not conditional about what you wear. It's not conditional about your eyelashes. It's not conditional about your fame. It's not conditional about all the other things that you're considering to be conditional. It's not about any of those external things. It's about the work of Jesus and what has happened on the cross. So family here today, by you are trusting in Jesus, Jesus exalts his people. By doing that, the Lord calls to be content in him. So we can be content in the Lord. He will exalt us. He done it with Leah. He did it with Israel. He did it with David. He did it with the church, right? Look at the church today. Just spreading all over the world. With God of the persecution, the Lord exalts his broken people. So if you're here this morning, you're broken. I don't know what you're going through. You're broken by this past week. It's been difficult this week. The Lord loves to care for broken people. That's what he does. He cares for broken people. And that care for broken people is not conditional about what you have to do. It's about what Jesus has already done. So if you're broken, family, you're at the perfect place this morning. The Lord exalts Leah. The Lord does it. But I would say Leah is still not content. How do we know this? Look at verses 32 to 34. After she, Leah, gave birth to Reuben in verse 32... She turns around and said, now therefore my husband will love me. Right? You guys catch that. Then she has Simeon. Then we go to verse 34 where she has Levi. Look what she says. Now this time will my husband be joined to me. Leah has three kids by Jacob. But what is happening though is that Leah is using kids to want to Rachel to get the attention from her husband. Leah is not cherishing that she have kids for the glory of God. Leah want to have kids in this particular moment and shouting about kids to better get attention from her husband. Did y'all see that? The glory of the Lord is the focus, but the glory of her husband is. She was so worried about pleasing her husband that she neglected the Lord. The Lord is not enough for her in this moment. If she think that if she get the same attention that Rachel's get, right? I have more children. I can one up Rachel, then I can be the better wife. So the Lord is not enough for her. The Lord is not enough for her. She wants the Lord plus Jacob, then she can be satisfied. Family, this is idolatry. If Christ can't truly satisfy completely, family, he's not truly God. But he does satisfy us completely. But we don't want what he gives because it doesn't feel the way we want it to feel. We struggle with our we struggle with this because we want to be in the place of God. So family, do you struggle with identity? 
if our identity is trying to get the approvals of others, listen to this, everybody listen to this. If our identity is trying to get the approval of others, we're not cherishing all the benefits we have in Christ. Amen. For those, one person says it right here. Bessie Howell, she says this. Your identity is who God says you are. Not who you feel, not who you feel deep down, or who you've always been afraid that you might be. As far as speaking to what other people think of you, it really helps me to remember I am living my life to please God, not to please the people closest to me, not my boss, not even my parents. Yes, I want them to be happy with me, but ultimately, that's not what matters. When we see ourselves outside the identity that Christ gives us, we then embrace an unbiblical identity that treats us unlovingly. Those things that we try to love outside of Christ, it misuses us. It tells us that you can come to me for safety, but it never gives us true safety. Think about it. Trying to get the approval of the others, you got to continue doing it, doesn't it? It doesn't stop. It's lying to you. It lying to you. It said, come to me for the light. Come to me for the attention. You go to them for the attention, you still don't get all the attention that you want. That's what the life does to us. It's a life that tells us that you come to me, I will meet your, all your needs. This world is lying to you. I love my wife. I care about my wife. My wife is not Jesus. My wife is not Jesus. But she points me to Jesus. She points me straight to the cross. So for those that are single here, that are anticipating, that are anticipating me certain things, getting a, a spouse that's not going to truly satisfy you. Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can. Because you can look around the room for a married couple and they can admit to you right now that their spouse don't truly satisfy them in their area. Well, except you one couple, we might be the shy couple, they might get it. <laughs> but for the most part, though, is that family, we can't be truly satisfied with things in this world. We have to be satisfied in Jesus. And Leah is the same way here. This sweet sister here, Leah, she is trying her husband to get his attention. She is trying to get his approval. I had these babies, right? And babies at this time is the most important thing you can have as kids. And she had these kids. and said, now I'm going to one-up my sister who is beautiful. She looked better than me. And some of y'all might say she's a bad chick, right? She's a bad chick. And so I want to warm her up. I'm going to have kids to warm up. And she's still not satisfied by having children. So family took four babies to live. Now, after here, we see in the last, in verse 35, we see here. Something turns in here. She praised the Lord in verse 35 by naming her child Judah. Ah, Judah, right? She, at this moment in 35, she's not worried about Jacob. What happened now with the birth of Jacob? It seems like she gets it now. And as she gets it, her womb closed. She stopped having kids. So what happened here? Judah means praising the Lord. She doesn't talk about her husband here on the fourth child. 
It seems like at this moment right here, she gets to the point that she prays the Lord. I, I think after the third child, she gets to that her husband is still is not going to still give her the attention that she wants. So now she comes to the close that I have to praise the Lord. So his name is Judah. I don't think it's any coincidence by his name being Judah. Because Judah is actually the lineage of who? Jesus. So family took babies for Leah to get it. So family, you don't have to give in to the struggle with identity. Continue seeking the Lord like Leah. Leah got it wrong early, but she finally kind of gets it here, it seemed like. And by God's grace, he changed those affections and placed them on himself. Let's do a couple of verses for those that are in Christ. Let's do a couple of these verses. Ephesians 1, 7. In him, we have redemption through his son and his blood for the forgiveness of sin according to the rich riches of his God's grace. John 15, 6. You did, you did not choose me, but I chose you and pointed you so that you might go and bear fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Romans 6, 6. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should be no longer be slaves to sin. A couple more here. 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Family, do you see who we really are? Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. John 15.15, 15, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made it known to you. Family, these are the things we get in Christ. Our identity, family, is more than enough in Christ. We don't need it outside of Christ. Those things outside of Christ is hopeless. But what we have in Christ is enough. We have been chosen, family, to a priesthood that the world cannot come comprehend. 2 Timothy 1.7 Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await our Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Family, do you see who you are in Christ this morning? So don't hold your head down. My friends turn their back on you. Don't hold your head down when you, are my, when you don't want to be molded the way they want you to be molded to. God has designed you to the image of his son. We can accept that, can we? We can accept that. But we see something different in point two. I'm going to go ahead and move through this. Now we're going to see Rachel envy Leah. What about Rachel in this game? So Leah, right, finally find her her husband. Then the Lord blessed her with Judah. She praised the Lord. What about Rachel? Look at one through eight. Rachel, the beautiful wife, got envy now of Leah bearing children. Rachel still is barren at this time. She can't have kids. Jacob, Laban, and Rachel now are treating Leah poor, poorly. And what is Rachel doing here and turns around with this? After Leah has children, I mean, after Leah has the children, Rachel demands Jacob to give her children or she's going to die. 
Rachel's in a place she's never been before. Come on now. She's a bad chick. She always got the attention that she wanted right from Jacob. It's never a time that she struggled with having attention. She was beautiful. She got the attention. She was beautiful. She wasn't like Leah. Leah needed to do things to get the attention. She was already beautiful, right? She never had to work for attention. But now she's in a place she's never been. She don't have any kids. She don't have any kids. And she thinks now Leah is in a better position than her. So Rachel demands Jacob to give me children now. I am Rachel. I'm the one you love. I'm the beautiful wife, right? Give me children. Jacob responds, I am, I am, am I in the place of God? Who has withheld from you the fruits of the womb? Jacob, like, I'm not God. I can't give you no kids. <laughs> God is the one to give children. So Rachel is not trusting the Lord here. She want to one up Leah. You see, this is still another identity thing now. She want to one up Leah. She want to put things in her own hands. Does this sound familiar? She want to put herself in the place of God. Did somebody do this before in the past? What does it sound like? She now gives her servant to Jacob for a wife. The same thing that Sarah did with Hagar. And Sarah would consider beautiful a widow. This confirms the heart of man. We think the same thing. Beautiful Sarah, in a very, very similar way, for her, she didn't wait on the Lord. What did she do? She gave Hagar to her husband. Beautiful Rachel did the same thing. When the Lord is not giving us what we want, we put things in our own hands. So Rachel gives her servant Bilhah to Jacob to have a child so she can have children through Bilhah. And what happened? Jacob didn't even push back. Say, hold on. Did you pray about this? But not only that, Abraham didn't push back at Sarah. Did you pray about this? They took these ladies in as their wives again as well. So the men leadership here is not the best. Men are not leading here in this. This is the time right here for Abraham. This is the time for Jacob to point their spouses to Jesus. Or to, to God. So Jacob right here is struggling. So Bilhah had Naphtali. Rachel then boasts that she, well, Naphtali means she prevailed over her sister after fighting. So now she had a child named Naphtali, which means she prevailed over her sister. She boasted now that she prevailed over her sister. She named a child Naphtali. So they're naming their kids pretty much out of pride to one up each other. Rachel's children is not for God's glory. It's for Rachel to get back to Leah. Y'all see what's happening in both of them. Now we see Rachel struggling as well with identity issues. So we see a good, beautiful sister struggling with identity issues. So we see a bad sister right here or, or a sister that's not as um, as, 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 as attractive Struggling with identity issues Family, I think that's all we all struggle with No matter what you look like Regardless of hearing these truths from God's word We at the time rather still embrace what 
we want in the world to think of us. Point number three. What about Leah now, right? Leah gets it now, turns back to Leah. Leah now envies Rachel. After Rachel uses her mandrakes for children, mandrakes are not talkies, y'all. I was, I was talking earlier. Uh, well, well, well. That's since I said mandrake. I mean maid servant. I'm sorry. After Rachel used her maid servant for children, well, Leah thinks that Rachel got the best of her. So Leah, she's blessed, right? She's already blessed by the Lord. She got a lot of good going on. But Leah now feels like, well, well, my servant don't have kids by him. So now she want to run a Rachel now. She didn't have bragging rights. So what did Leah do? Leah gives her servant Zilpah to Jacob to have children. Remember now, Leah is barren at this moment. So Leah now is barren. Look what she does in verse in verse nine. She took her servant Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Then Leah's servant Zilpah bore Jacob a son. And Leah said, "Good fortune has come." So she called his name Gad. Leah's servant Zilpah bore Jacob a second son. And Leah said, "Happy am I, for women have called me happy." So she shall. So she called his name Asher. Gad means good fortune has come. Asher means happy am I. Leah is boasting about the gift of children from May serving now. She is mocking Rachel, saying she is the one that got it going on better than Rachel now. Family, we call this kind of pretty petty, isn't it? Y'all call it petty or messy? Both. Both, okay. You see both going on here. They're trying to one-up each other. They're doing this sort of thing, envying each other for the attention of Jacob. So Leah's having kids to throw shots at Rachel because she's not content and the Lord is blessing her with children already. She's discontented right here. So regardless of how God's been good to her, it's feeling like she fell right back into this. Point number four. Rachel envy Leah's again, Leah again. Now this next situation will also go along with the drama. That was happening. Rachel is not content in the Lord, nor is Leah. Leah has admitted that she praised God in the past, but she got off track. But now we get in the situation now is that Leah's son, her oldest son, Reuben, he goes out. This is the time of the week feast. He goes out and go pick some mandrakes. Mandrakes are, uh, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of like a more of like a grain, similar to a grain. And mandrakes were believed in ancient Near East to have magical fertility. The plant had no stalk, but it's, it had large leaves on it, like violet flowers and yellow fruit, fruit similar in size and shape as a tomato. And it would be the time around my April you can pick these mandrakes. Well, Reuben picked a lot of them. Rachel, right? She's jealous that he had mandrakes. So she actually went to Leah and said, hey, can your son give me some of the mandrakes? And the reason why she would ask for mandrakes is because of possibility that what mandrakes can actually do. Maybe it can help her have kids. But she hasn't had any biological children. So she begged Leah's son to let Leah for the mandrakes. And what happened is they negotiate. And Rachel is not content in bearing what she already have. So what she does is that 
she tell Leah that, hey, if your son give me the mandrakes, I'll give you Jacob back to have a child with Jacob. So you might ask yourself a question then, how can she have the control to have a child here? And that's why I'm kind of more convinced is that her being barren, Leah being barren, I'm more convinced that Rachel kind of took him away from Leah. Because now, Rachel's going to give Leah back to Jacob, and they're going to be able to have a child now. Leah in verse 15. But she said to her, it's a small matter that you have taken away my husband. Would you take away my son Mandrakes also? And Rachel said, then he may lie with you tonight in the chain for your son Mandrakes. Leah self to offer to this, Rachel. So Leah gets Jacob back over the Mandrakes. And they have another child named Issachar. Verse 18. God has given me my wages because I gave my servant to my husband. So she called his name Issachar. Again, Leah mentioned that she did for her husband. That is why she had Issachar, what she did for her husband. So I gave my servant to my husband. So it seemed like Leah went back to what she struggled with in the beginning. She is telling herself that her sin against the Lord is justified, justified, justified because she had Issachar. So Leah boasted her shortcoming was okay by God. Then we go on that the Lord blessed her with another one. And um, the Lord gave Leah another son, number six was Zebulon. Uh, then the Lord gave her the last was Dinah. With plan of the name Dan, which is the name Dan is one of the maid servants for Asher Leah. She named one of them Dinah. It's the same name. As we end here in point five, how does all this come together? Let's come together with all this, everybody. And bring this all this together. God remembers Rachel in spite of her failures. Rachel has shown us so much about herself, but God is still gracious to unfaithful Rachel. Look at verse 22. And God remembered Rachel and gave, and God listened to her and opened her womb, and she conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph, saying, May the Lord add to me another son. And all this failure, God shone upon Rachel. You guys might be asking this morning is that how in the world would God even give her a child with all the stuff she done? They just show you the nature of God. In the midst of all of our failures in this room, family, in the midst of all of our brokenness in this room, we can ask the same question. Why was God so good to us when we haven't been good to him? God is good to Rachel in the same way he's good to us. He gives her a child. And she names him Joseph. Now Rachel admits that it was the reproach of the Lord the entire time. She said it was the reproach of the Lord the entire time. It was the Lord using as this time as a pruning mechanism, pruning mechanism for the sanctification of Rachel. It was the same for Sarah. God exposes our pride, discontentment, identity issues, but many other things that we might have struggled with. He exposed all those things in us to let us see that these things in this world would not satisfy us, that we need to turn to him. 
That's what he was showing Rachel this whole time. He has always done it since the fall. He will continue doing this until he come back to restore all things. So some of you guys might have said you had a bad week this past week. Some of y'all might have said things were difficult this past week. For those in Christ, we don't look at things as a week that we consider bad after a bad week. It's another week that was predestined by God for God to conform it to the image of his son. Amen. Was it? Was some things difficult? Yes. Was some things hard? Yes. But God turned those difficult and hard things and used those certain things to bring about the promise that he promised us to conform us to the image of his son. So family, we can't skip the hard days. If we right were in a seat in heaven, right, we would create this whole thing that everything is so good. But I tell you, the one that's in seat in heaven is wiser than us. So why do we, he allow these things to happen in our lives? To make us more like him. To chip away, right? To chip away the ugliness. To chip away the selfishness. The pride. The self-centeredness. He chipped all those things away through hard times. That train just running on the track. The, the, the bad mechanics. He never had ran on the track team. But as he was running, he learned better mechanics. Things are cleaning up. Family, over time, God cleans us up in certain ways. But let me say this. The way God does it and grows it in the sun, it might not look the way that people around you might think it might look. Right? Some people might think that when you first come to Christ, everything looks totally good in your life. It doesn't. That's why the standard God has created is the standard that he judges. That all of us in this room grow differently. But we do grow in Christ. We all grow in Christ. But it might just look different. So God is sanctifying us. So as we end him in with a couple application. But let, let me say this right here before application. About the word reproach. The word reproach that Rachel uses means disgrace. Though being reproached, now she is thankful in the Lord. She confessed that the Lord took away her disgrace. She confessed that it was her. She confessed it. And now she's decided by having a child, Joseph. And eventually, Joseph means to add another child later. And the other child is going to be named Benjamin. Benjamin, I know you guys knew that one. A couple applications as we in here. KJ blinked at me three times. Don't buy into the lie that you're lacking things outside of Jesus. Listen to this closely. Don't buy into the lie that you're lacking things outside of Jesus. Family, he supplies all our needs. It truly tells in Psalm 23, the Lord is our shepherd, we shall not want. Are those just cheesy words that we saw we've been reading since we three or four years old? Those are real words. We shall not want. It's okay. You're okay where you're at in this life, in this season of life. If you're truly in Christ, it's okay. Whatever you're going to need, he's going to provide for you. He's going to mold and shape you to the person that he's going to make you be. He's going to make you conform you to be. So what you can do, a couple practical things you can do. Eliminate 
things in your life that entice you to buy into other identities. Or eliminate things that try to tell you that identity in Christ is not enough. Family, if it's Facebook, come on now. If somebody don't have a Facebook, I mean, you're lame, right? And out today and age, if you don't have an Instagram, right, you don't have these certain things. Like, it's like we got to have these things to exist in the world right now, right? It's like we got to have them. That's idolatry. That's idolatry. If you need to, get rid of Facebook. Get rid of Twitter. Get rid of TV shows. Get rid of certain fishes. Get rid of all of those things that try to get you to make you be something that God is not calling you to be. Family, you are in Christ. You have it all in Christ. If you're struggling to be somebody different or so everyone can get attention, family, eliminate those certain things and cherish what Christ has already given to you. Application number two. When you're attempted to not embrace your identity in Christ, remember back to all the benefits you get in Christ. You're not seen as aliens, but as sons and daughters of the king. He would never reject you. He would never be embarrassed to be around you. No man, no woman can take his place. I mean, he's there with you forever, and it's not conditional. And lastly, right here, at the end, last application. Lastly, remember this. That every trial in this world for a believer points to Jesus. Did everybody hear that? Everybody sit together. Every trial in this world points to Jesus. Every trial in this world points to who? Jesus. Jesus. How do we know? Let me give you a few. Jesus is better than Leah. Leah was unattractive. Jesus was unattractive. Reuben name means affliction. Well, Jesus was afflicted, right? Well, Simeon name means hear, like God hears. When Jesus is on Calvary, right? On the day of Calvary, he cried out to his father. The father heard his son. Not only that, what about Levi? Levi's name means to lend over or to lend over to someone. But Jesus forever is joined over. He is not lended to the Father. He's actually united to the Father forever. Amen. Jesus is better than Levi. What about Judah? Judah means this praising Lord. How, how the Father has praised his son. You guys remember, right, when Jesus was dead for three days, and on that third day, the Father raised him back up, and Jesus is united with the Father. Family, Jesus is better. Judah. Dan means the father judged his son. Well, we know ultimately on the wrath of the father, when Jesus died on the cross, who was the one that poured his wrath out on his own son? It was the father, right? Pouring his wrath out on Jesus. Jesus is greater than Dan. Naphtali. This wrestle, right? This wrestling that referring to his name represents how Jesus also wrestled and fought daily with these Judaizers. They, and he prevailed over them. And also, ultimately, Jesus wrestled with the grave, right? He was in the grave. Satan thought he won, right? He thought that Jesus, he thought that he was victorious. On the third day, as the wrestling was ended, Jesus was raised from the grave, right? Naphtali, what about Gad? Means good fortune or troop or favor. Jesus was the, the fortunate for him to be raised by the Father for getting the punishment for something that he didn't do. Family, we are the ones that should have been punished, but Jesus was the one that was punished for us. Jesus is better than God. What about Asher? Asher means blessed one. Happy am I. Jesus is the true blessed one. Blessed is the one 
who have came. It's a car, I mean wages. Jesus was given the wages of his work of atonement by his father. The wages, we know we're talking about the, how the wages of sin. Jesus had to pay for sin. The wages were paid by Jesus. So Jesus is better than Issachar because he paid the, the he paid it all in full with his atonement. Family, do you guys see what's happening here? That all these names were pointing to somebody greater. Let me go with Zebulon since you guys are not getting it yet. Zebulon means dwell with me. Jesus dwell with the Father since eternity past, and now Jesus dwell with the Father even in heaven right now. What about Dinah? We talked about judge. That Jesus is the greater judge. And I just talked about Joseph. Mean to add. Mean to add another. But Jesus is the first of many brethren. He's the first of many brethren that he will bring into his eternity kingdom forever. Family, Jesus is the greater Joseph. But Jesus has been greater than all these things. Family, guess who we are in Christ? We are the bride of Christ. We are the bride to this one that's greater than everyone. We're not lacking anything. So for those that are in Christ this morning, let us be content that we have our Savior. So we might not have a job that we wanted. Might not have the money. Might not have all the, the attention that we seek from others. But one thing we have that's better than everything in this world, we have Jesus. And let that be enough for us this morning. Let me pray for us.